Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Shad, as usual. <laughs> this week, we end off my birthday month with The Haunting of Julia, 1981. So several things before we get into it. This movie has an alternate name, Full Circle. It was actually made in 1978, but it wasn't released in the U.S. until the 81. Uh, what else? This, I do not know where you're going to find to watch this. Did we find a place? It is on Amazon. It's available places under the name Full, Full Circle. Circle. Don't look for it under Haunting of Julia because it doesn't come up. But I think if you, well, I think maybe if you do put Haunting of Julia, it brings up Full Circle. So you just have to search one or the other and kind of look for Full Circle. If you're not into slow burns or 70s films or Mia Farrow, please skip this film. Yeah, this might be the most Mia Farrow, Mia Farrow ever Mia Farrowed. Okay. Um, I have a bootleg of this that I bought at a horror convention when they used to do. Yeah, your bootleg is terrible, by the way. It's a bootleg of like a VHS. And they did not even crop this properly. Like there's a lot of scenes in this that are people's half of people's heads are in it. People are completely invisible or invisible. Like they're just off camera talking. Yeah. Whoever did this was terrible. It was probably because it was like pan and scan. It was, but even then the VHS should have panned and scanned maybe it didn't do it they didn't apparently maybe it was it a terrible it. bootleg maybe it didn't do it in canada must not have because this was a terrible burden i've seen better bootlegs that's for sure this story is based on a novel by peter straub this is 10 years after rosemary's baby if you're going by the mia oh, farrow timeline mia farrow timeline yeah mia farrow is the main character julia and then you have curl Ker diwali as Magnus, her husband, he's You'll also... you remember him from Black Christmas. He was the asshole in that movie. All right, way to jump in there, Shad. Peter is his name from Black Christmas. He's the boyfriend of Jess, Olivia Hussey's character. You'll also remember him from 2001, A Space Odyssey. Eel. Um, so yeah, those are little little tidbits on the film. Who else was in the movie? Did, there's that other dude, her friend. I thought her he, friend Mark, and he's a he was like a Star director. Trek guy. Yeah, he's been in a couple of Star Trek episodes, and he's played a judge in twenty different TV shows and movies. <laughs> he has a judge face. <laughs> Apparently, I looked him up, and it was like he played a judge in Law and Order several times, in Walker Texas Ranger. He was at like everything. He was a judge, any kind of cop show. He just has a judge face. 
I don't know if this was actually filmed in Canada or in England, but they're, they're supposedly in... I thought they were, they were in England. Yeah, they're in England. Um, it was a UK and Canada, a Canada, UK Canadian co-production is what I was trying to say. That's a mouthful. Yeah. So the film is about a family, um, mom, dad, daughter, and first the- of all, the dad's name is Magnus. <laughs> do not trust a guy with the name Magnus. I'm sorry. No, you, right off the bat, do not trust him. His name is Magnus. Correct. Uh, the daughter dies a terrible death, an annoying death to me because she is eating fast. And, you know, at the beginning of the film, that table scene is so important because if you're one to, like, pick up certain things, you're going to notice immediately the relationship between the mom and the dad feels already a little strained and a little awkward. Um, the dad is really interested uh, or the husband is really interested in her Julia's her- inheritance uh, because she's she's coming into an inheritance, and then the you know typical mom slow down while you're eating, you know already should give you oh shit something bad's gonna happen and oh shit it does the daughter she chokes on a piece of apple, and the Heimlich maneuver was not ex- it was not invented at this time. That wasn't a thing. We checked it. We looked it up. They tried just punching her on the back a whole bunch of times, shaking her upside down. That was my favorite. Shaking uh, her, period. And then, you know, last resort, because you see that she's, you know, now turning blue and uh, you need to do something. Mia Farrow's character, Julia's like, let me just puncture her in her throat. Now, they don't technically show you that per se, uh, they show you. They show her reaching for it and then going, and then the next thing is the ambulance arriving, and she's covered in blood. So she tried to do her own makeshift tracheotomy, and it did not go well because you know she's not trained in how to do tracheotomies. Yeah, I should say she has a trust. I said inheritance, but That's, you know, yeah. same thing. So you know, she's ba- got money coming. He wants it. Back in the seventies. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat for this. For those of you that were have no knowledge of how life used to be before, you know, the days of today. Um, women didn't have a lot of rights. Uh, they had rights, but there were some things that you could still, especially in some places, like, oh, I don't know, my daughter has died. I am sad. Therefore, my husband's going to ship me to an insane asylum. So this is what happens to Julia. Like you do. She gets, she's now in a you know, wellness, mental wellness hospital because she's so depressed and having a hard time um, mourning her daughter's death and dealing with, you know, her dealing with what happened. And, you know, now it's time for her husband to pick. Her husband is like, you know what? You're done being sad. This is, you gotta move on. This is done. Can you just come back? I'm hungry. I've been waiting for you to make me dinner. I'm hungry. You need to get back in the kitchen. Basically, it's his demeanor. Um, (laughs) He doesn't really say that, but it's his demeanor. And he's a terrible husband. Magnus is a fucking asshole. That is just, spoiler alert. Continuing his uh, great boyfriend husband roles from Black Christmas. And yeah, uh, he's not a good guy. Yeah, he's like, aren't you over this already? So, it's been like two weeks. Aren't you over your daughter's death by now? Come on, Jesus Christ. 
So it was like two months, but okay. But still, it's still fresh. And, you know, she performed something that may have ultimately really killed her. Um, She was trying to save her life. But, you know, like we said, she's just a regular housewife. She's not a fucking doctor. She doesn't know what she's doing. Um, oh, goodness. So while he picks her up from the hospital, this is when she decides, yeah, I'm going to just run away. Like, literally, she runs from him. <laughs> well, she waited, to, to her credit, she waited till his ass signed the paper saying she could come home. And then she was like, peace out. And ran out the door and bought her own house with that inheritance money. I was like, all right, she's got, she's had some time to think about things. And she made a plan to get the fuck away. She did, for whatever reason, why she didn't want to be with her husband anymore. Besides the fact that he was obviously an asshole. There was probably already issues in the marriage. She probably, there's probably blame between the two. You know, losing a child is very stressful, I could imagine. And um, it, it you go through some shit. So... You know, <laughs> what, you know, she's in the house and we're going to kind of like skip over. She's in the house. Well, like, let's just say, first of all, too, I love it when these people are like, I'm going to go out and start my life over and I'm going to buy a new place. Let me not buy like a small condo or a small house somewhere. I am going to buy a three story townhouse that is just fucking huge. This thing is is gigantic. She you can't even she doesn't even explore the whole thing around there, and the basement is like the size of several houses I've lived in. The place is huge, and I love it when the people do that. Like I'm alone, I need time to recover. Let me not buy a nice normal sized house. Let me buy a fucking huge place. The same thing George C. Scott does in The Changeling. Oh, I'm reeling from the loss of my family. Let me buy this gigantic mansion to stay in. <laughs> Where I'll be all alone just rambling around these gigantic hallways. That won't be depressing as fuck or anything. Okay, I'm going to tell you why. Because it is literally what you do when you're in a ghost story. You Mm. never see the person in a ghost story be like, I live in an apartment that has a room. Like, that's very fucking rare. (laughs) Yeah, there's not a lot of haunted studios, I guess. You wouldn't be able to do much there. The ghosts are just looking at you from the other side of the room. What's up? You scared yet? You can't build, like, suspense and story around the fucking apartment or studio. You need a gigantic house. So then when the ghosts visit you in one room, you run down the hallway, down the stairs, down the other fucking stairs, down the other stairs. There's a lot of stairs. Bannister. And then you're in another room and, you know, it's a fucking ghost. Ghosts are ready. They're waiting for you. So it's like, you're running. you, You need places to hide. I think Poltergeist is about the only one where it was a normal-sized house. It was a normal-sized house. That's because it was set in America. Usually these other stories are so, like in other countries. Yeah, their they're hell house or whatever it is out there. The Belasco house is like, ooh, no. Yeah, it's a, it's a ginormous house. Uh, you're right, Poltergeist is a... But was it... Was it a ghost? I mean, let's let's not get into that. It's That's more like a demon. I mean, in a ghostly way. Were there invisible things? It was scaring a, the shit out of people? It the was house a, is haunted. Yeah, was it haunted? I mean, I get. I mean, I guess. Uh, well, well, we'll get to that when we cover that movie, one day. Um, now, we're gonna just go into. This is what happens in a typical movie, right? She unpacks her shit. She has creepy. You know, <laughs> I shouldn't say creepy because it's kind of insensitive. Oh no, there's some creepy shit in her boxes. She has a um 
things that belong to her daughter. You know, the movie's very fucking sad. I'm just going to throw that out there. It's sad and it's weird. And that's why I love it because it's not your typical ghost story. The ending is a little, you you can kind of decide what happens in the end. Like, is it this or this? Um, it is, like I said, a slow burn. Um, it's, it, I want to say it's graphic, but there's some things that are said that are like, whoa, that would not fly today. Like they could not remake this movie and have that same context because that would not be a thing. Um, but you know, she unpacks and she has like this, like clown, like doll that has like, like symbols. Little, it's like one of those little monkeys with the symbols. It's like a except, monkey shines like except thing. Except it's a fucking clown doll. Yeah, but like one like, of those old times. There's a certain name for that clown. Not a gesture. Um, darn. A harlequin. A harlequin. Yes. High five. It's like the harlequin clown with like weird eyes and he has symbols. So first of all, as soon as you see that, you know he's going to fucking murder people. And alert, alert. She takes it out and she cuts herself in the symbol. Oh, woe is my life. This symbol is very sharp. Mind you, back in the den, I said this is the 70s. So toys made in the 70s for children were made to kill children. I don't care what anyone says. They literally, there's no way anyone surrounding, like in the room making these toys. are like, you know what would be great for a small child? A Harlequin porcelain doll that has sharp as fuck symbols that they can bang together. That's not going to be, you know. We'll include one with every box of lawn darts. <laughs> I had to explain to somebody the other day what the hell lawn darts were. They're like, why is that a big thing? I'm like, well, it's a, you know what a dart looks like? It was about a foot and a half long and razor sharp. And the object was to throw it high in the air and then let it come down. Maybe on someone's head, maybe on their foot. Maybe you kill the neighbor's cat. I don't know. It was just a random thing that could happen. Per use, um, just for fun. Like, hey, I got a house. You know what you do when you get a house? A friend calls. She's like, hey, uh, let's just have some people over your new house, you know. And uh, by the way, one of them is a medium, a medium and we should have a seance. So that happens. And, and has there ever been a time <laughs> in any movie that they came to the house and had a seance that everyone left and they were like, well, that went well. We had a good time. We spoke to a very polite ghost who told us how he died, and he was very sad. I feel bad for him. Well, let's all go back to work tomorrow. No. No. Don't do the seance at your house. You fucking know it's going to go badly. Because no ghost that you contact is going to be happy to be woke up. It's like a fucking telemarketing call, okay? You're going to be calling the afterlife, waking his ass up from whatever he's doing, and he's mad. Yes. And let me tell you, the repercussions of this is bitch gets thrown down the stairs and another lady literally cries from the moment that she leaves the house. She's crying (laughs) to the next scene. Many, many days, maybe a week, two weeks later when they see the lady again, she's still crying. So she and that was the medium. So she went through some shit and she has not been able to get over it. So that did not go over well. Now, you know, little things here happen, little things here and there happen within the house. Nothing scary. Um, Mia automatically feels a presence, which is why she was like, okay, let's have this, you know, thing. The husband's trying to get back into the house, you know, and there is a point where he's like, hey, the best way to get back in the house is, I don't know, let me get a credit card and burst the bust into the house. See, first thing, this guy would definitely be in jail now because the first thing he does when the neighbor comes over is like, excuse me. 
I don't think you need to be trying to break into this house. He just slaps the neighbor around, shoves him down the stairs, and goes, fuck off, old man. Mind your business. He throws him in a bush. Mind you, this old (laughs) man has balls because he's like a short old man, you know, and he's like... He, he told him, this is my wife. Like, I'm her husband. And he's like, well, that does not... I don't care about that. You should not be breaking he's into more the like, house. Uh, if it's your wife, then why are you breaking into the house? Yeah. He was he really stood up for his neighbor. Like, unlike today, like, you know, people just get murdered and no one knows what happened next yeah, door. He gave it a shot. But first of all, that now, even then, that guy should have went immediately home, called 911, or whatever the hell the number is in England, 999, and... Has said, hey, I just got thrown in the damn bushes by a weirdo next door trying to break into a house. Now, um, as this movie is mad old, uh, I will tell you that it does not end well for Magnus and you never see Magnus again. (laughs) Actually, we never address Magnus and what happens to him. You see what happens and that's the end. That's where the story ends for him and we're moving on. Yeah, and I was kind of like, isn't anyone going to take notice of the fact that there there might be... uh, decomposing body just at the end of the day basement stairs no <laughs> they're gonna sell the house the body's still gonna be there no one noticed that so the next day the neighbor's wife the the, the man that got you know accosted by the husband magnus she comes and she wants to you know have a discussion with me i'm like hey there was a dude here said he was your husband he like you know kind of like smacked around my husband he's fine though um i've always wanted to see the inside of this house and kind of like merges into the house mia does invite her and you know this dialogue is fucking classic the neighbors, I really love how neighbors when she's like oh, i'll get you some coffee and she hands the coffee to her and she just looks at it and goes milk yeah milk like <laughs> bitch what's <laughs> how fucking dare you hand me black coffee claudia so is the name <laughs> of the neighbor of course claudia if it was going to be claudia it was going to be a karen so claudia goes and she decides you know um i'm gonna ask you nine thousand questions so uh what's going on with you and your husband oh we're separated oh yeah i blame the pill for the rate of divorce and <laughs> i was like what <laughs> okay so she tells her that's when she she actually has a, a reason to be there she tells her kind of the history of the house because you know she's nosy claudia neighbor so she knows all these things the owners of the house um had a daughter and she died by choking wink 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 so you're like oh shit mia's like oh, a guest i live in a house where a child died of choking my daughter also died of choking not a coincidence at all is it now this becomes a mystery film uh because now, well, I kind of, it's, it's good. It has a lot of genres within it. It's like a ghost story, but it's also like a mystery. She puts on the Sherlock, like, hat, you know, magnifying glass. She goes to investigate. Yeah, she wants to find out exactly what happened to this girl. Yeah, she wants to know everything. And while she goes and investigates, she ends up finding the mom who moved away. Because um, the little girl died, but then the mom, like, moved the fuck out and was never to seen again. She is German and she lives in another big old house with her caretaker and the mother of the child, um, well, she finds out that- Well, this was the mother of the the, child Yeah, the child. Yes, that got murdered, yes. So she pieces together um, by this that 
there was um, the medium told her when she went back to see the medium, this is the second time we see the medium and the medium is crying that a little boy died. It wasn't a little girl because she was thought that she was seeing like her daughter's death. Uh, because you know, when you have a woman crying hysterically and it's a fucking medium, this is what bothers me in the, in the movies, the medium comes over, right? Or the psychic or whatever. She comes over, she sees some shit. This happened in that other movie that we saw, the Kathy's curse. She sees some shit. She gets so perturbed by what happened. She can't even tell the owner of the house what is occurring. She's like, it was like, Mrs. Dietz, can you tell me what's wrong? What's up with the evil little girl in my house? And the bitch is just like, eh, unconsolable crying and she doesn't help for shit like she doesn't tell her anything the only thing she tells her was it was a little boy so she goes and finds out that a little boy died in the park that was next to the house and by finding the mom of that and that's the german mom sorry the mom of the german kid finds out that kid was murdered and the mom says that who they arrested which was some like vagrant was not the murderer because he was like the nice hobo that like played with the kids don't even get me started with that. And Well, he, that was a thing. Yeah, that was a thing. Fine. That used to be a thing back in the days before all the hobos were murderers. There were friendly ones. They were friendly they were friendly hobos? Okay. Yes. There was one with the flowers. Is that the one with the big ass flower? Yeah. Okay. So she goes and she finds out that from the lady, yeah, um, these kids murdered my son because he was German. And they straight up did terrible things to him. And they mutilated. These English children mutilated and killed my son. And she now finds, she gives, <laughs> she tells her, I know all the kids' names and where they're, what they're doing in their lives because I've been keeping a track of them. And they've all had terrible lives. So she gives the literally the names and addresses of the surviving children to Mia Farrow and Mia Farrow goes and starts finding them and like fucking talking to them. Asking them, hey, why did you murder them? They're like, what? What? We never murdered a child. I mean, except for that one time. (laughs) The first guy was a freaking bust, right? Didn't tell her shit. Yeah, he's like, look, snitches get stitches. I'm not saying shit to you. Yes. And now Olivia was the name of the little girl that died in the house, the choking now she finds the second dude who when she sees he's knocking on his door he's not there but he comes up behind her because he was at the liquor store he has two bottles of wine he looks crazed like and he's like would you like to come in no i don't want to come in i don't know you this is your house once the door is locked how am i getting out you obviously have a drinking problem like he's in the it's like midday he's coming back with wine you know and He goes, lets her in, and tells her the story of what happened that that fine day and how the little girl Olivia that lived, that is the little girl that lived in her house, okay, where Mia Farrah currently lives, this little girl, she had powers on them. She was able to tell the kids to do shit and the kids would do it. He couldn't explain it. And she was really into animal sacrifice. And she always wanted to kill a human. So she, you know, with her powers, oh, she also made them do sexual things. That's how he learned how to be, you know, how to 
do sexual things is by Olivia. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on at this goddamn playground? First of all, where are the parents at? <laughs> yeah, this is the not a good play. This is like the playground from It. Where, where they're having the, uh, the orgy at the end. It's not good. They're having orgies. It's a fucking turtle around. Like, what's going on with the freaking playground? There's crazy shit going on in there. And Olivia made... You know, she made them kill this kid. They, like, held him down. They beat him the shit up. And then she decides, ah, I'm just going to castrate you. And just mutilated him. Um, Just because she wanted to see if she could do it. Yeah. And, she, you know, once Mia Farrow is very, you know, just, like, in fucking shock. She's shook by this freaking news. She tries to leave. And the guy says, uh... I think you should stay and return my company. And, uh, no. Yeah. So she would have gotten raped in five seconds. If I don't even know how she got out of there because he was a burly dude and she weighs like 75 pounds, you know, that's including her pixie haircut that she still has from the from the other movie she was in. And I don't know how she did it, but she was able to get away. I like that part of the movie is, and this is, and this is why I like, the film is because this story is fucking nuts like what how did this girl mind you they don't show there's no flashback where they show this thank goodness that would have been way too much just a descriptive like monologue was enough for me um she goes back to the house and you know she's like oh i'm gonna now visit the freaking mom the mom of olivia who is in an insane asylum Yes. So that's really hitting home for Mia Farrow because she was kind of like in one, you know, earlier in the film. And now she's going to go visit the mom who is in one. And the mom tells her straight out, I murdered my daughter because she was fucking evil. There was no, (laughs) there was no like story, whatever. She was evil. I had to take her out. I killed her just like you killed your daughter. She tells. (laughs) And Mia Farrow's like, what? I didn't kill my, like, she's like, no, no, no. And she leaves. Literally as she's leaving, okay, um, Mia Farrow looks back at her, looks at her, and I guess in that moment, the mom saw Olivia's eyes because- In Mia Farrow's. Spoiler alert, Mia, Olivia, she's possessed Mia Farrow to some degree. Um, by being in the house and going through this investigation, she's made like a connection with this ghost. And there's like a point in the film where the ghost is like, she, me and Farrah sleeping and the ghost is like touching her face and like caressing her face. It's like borderline. Oh no, it's full on creeper. Yeah, it, it, it is a really creepy moment. And I don't even... Like, no, but when she looks at this woman, the lady has a heart attack and dies. (laughs) The mom is dead. The ghost has been able to go back via, by Mia Farrow. Mia Farrow is not killing anyone, but the ghost has been able to go back and reenact her revenge on all the people that she left, that were left alive. Yeah. Like, and kill all of them. And, you know, the ending of the film, I mean... Chad, like, you had never seen this movie. No, I hadn't. What, like, was your thoughts on it? Well, I looked at it like, okay, the the ghost is obviously murdering her. But it could be taken a different way, too. It could be, you know, 
thought of like, well, maybe she just killed herself. There's a couple different ways you could, you know, interpret it. Well, okay. So we, we didn't, we didn't really give the description. So she goes back and she just sits on a chair. Me and Farrell just sits on a chair and she sees Olivia playing and Olivia turns around and she tells her it's all done now. It's all done. Like come to me, give me a hug. And she's holding the freaking, the little girl had, was like playing with the little symbol, like the little Harlequin yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. The, murder, Mia, the murder Harlequin? Yeah, the murder Harlequin. Mia Farrow has it in her hand. And she's reaching out for the little girl to come in. This is my assumption on what happens. They don't show, the little girl, they show her kind of like move forward. But then the next scene, it cuts away and it's Mia Farrow sitting in the chair and it kind of like pans over and then you see a Mia Farrow is like bleeding out of her neck and yeah. she's dead. And right then, on a convenient artery is where uh, she got this special hug. Yeah, and then, and then the movie ends. I think that when she was going in for the hug, like she had her arms out and she had the stupid freaking clown in her hand. When she went to embrace Olivia, she kind of embraced her and then... When you embrace somebody, obviously, if there's it's a fucking ghost, so there's no one there. So that's where she, that's how she cut her, you know, that's how she cut her throat, and yeah. then she died. I don't think she committed suicide. No, I was thinking or more maybe, like the ghost. Just, I don't know. When the ghost came to her, the ghost just kind of took over the thing and cut her throat with it because look, she already killed her own mom. She got no problem killing somebody else's. Yeah, that's true. I mean, she was evil. I don't know. It's it's a very sentimental, like, it's very sad. That moment, I always cry in that moment because there's so much grief and stuff involved. And, like, yeah, the little girl's fucking evil, but, like, no one ever looked. Maybe she became evil because she never had, like, a mother's love. And, like, Mia Farrow's, like, a really nice mom. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of different things. But it is, there are a lot of good, like, I like the kill scenes in there because they all look like accidents. That's the other thing. And that's why I was like, it wasn't me or Farrah ever doing anything because they never showed her do it. It was all everything very ar- Final Destination style. Yes. Everything occurred when she had already left the premises. And, and you know, for the director to like kind of tell the story, there is a scene where someone does get killed. You see like a little girl run across like an area. Like, she's running away from the scene to, like, insinuate that was, like, you know, Olivia there. Because Mia Farrah had just been there, but she's already been gone. So, I, you know, it's a good ghost story. You had read um, Peter Straub's work, right? Did yeah. you read a ghost story? Yeah, I read Ghost Story, and I read the one that he did with Stephen King, The Talisman, and The Black House. I read both of those that he did with Stephen King. I read something else. I can't remember which one it was by him. But yeah, I've read a few of his things. Yeah, and you told me that's the only other author he's collaborated with, right? Yeah, Stephen King. That's the only one other than his kids. Yeah. Well, yeah, other, well, that's like collaborating with yourself, right? Kind yeah. of. <laughs> but yes, other than his children. Like, that's the only, which means that he probably has, like, obviously high respect for Peter Straub. Yeah. You know, and if, if anyone has ever seen has not seen ghost story that's i mean it's a really good ghost story yeah um i really love that film as well and i really do love this movie and that's why i chose it it's a i think it's a great ghost story because it's not your typical you know usually the ghost is like an old evil man or 
you know, whatever. It's usually never like a kid that was evil that died. That's like Damien dying. And then, well, he's a double. That's a terrible. <laughs> but you know what I mean? And like coming back as a ghost. <laughs> and like the ghost is able to like, you know, usually they say like, oh, someone is not, they're like in purgatory or they're not able to move on is because they have unfinished business. Usually the unfinished business is not, oh, I have to finish murdering these people. It's like, <laughs> oh, I have to fucking help this person like end their life or I have well, to. Well, she only murdered the people who told on her. The well, yeah, because who... snitches get stitches. We did say that earlier. Yeah, that guy didn't get killed because he didn't say anything. He was like, look, I don't want any part of this. But he Mia just... Farrow's friend didn't tell anybody because he didn't really... He, he And he supported her the whole time. I think it was a way for also to detach Mia Farrow from the people that did love yeah. her. So she had malintent because she didn't want Mia Farrow to have anyone because that was the only person that supported Mia Farrow and her divorce from her separation from her husband. The fucking friend with the medium... She was in cahoots with the husband because the husband is the one that told her, oh, yeah, you guys should have a party and you guys should get together. I need you to bring her back to me. You know, so she was a terrible friend. The husband obviously was freaking evil. There was no support. You know, there was only support from her dude, her best friend, who was a guy who, you know, a lot of people would have been like, oh, he had the hots for her. He was just trying to get her to her pants. But he was genuinely nice. Like, he was really nice. And, you know, he didn't have any... I didn't get any like, hey, I'm trying to have like sex with you vibes. No, I didn't either. You know, but yeah, he, he, he died, you know, so yeah, but the majority of the people, yeah, snitches get stitches, definitely. Maybe that's the the modern name of this movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I mean, full circle, I guess, because it, she's able to finish her business, right? Yeah. So, you know, I like the haunting of Julia, you know, and I like my bootleg cover um, art. Yeah, this is very bootleggy. <laughs> um, I you know, and you had told me that people that have read the story say that actually the screenplay is better than the actual ghost yeah, story because this was one of his early novels, and they said that <clears throat> he wasn't quite as uh, wasn't quite as good as he became later on. That this is actually you know the movie actually works a little better. Yeah, well, you can check this out if you would like to explore a seventies ghost story. Um, on I was gonna say YouTube. <laughs> on amazon um, under full circle yeah amazon prime and thank you so much guys for joining me on my birthday month adventure of my love and hates this uh concludes my birthday month and next month is shad's birthday month and we're going to be exploring his loves all the movie he, he actually didn't choose any hates yeah i went i went full love he went full love for his for his month so i'm excited to see what uh though the specific movies you chose because you have a very uh i was gonna say strange taste but it's not strange it's just you like it is you like way more stuff in some aspects than i do i'm more on the snobbish side and you're you know and also i'm on the kind of illogical side because sometimes some things will bother me in some movies and then another movie the thing would happen but there's justification to why i like it so I guess I just make it suit me. I don't know. But thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Jump Scare. Stay tuned to the horror. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.